Hi, and welcome to the Breadwinner Podcast. I'm Niels Brian Lowe, and each episode, I talk to a guest about how they're maximizing value from investments in technology like Salesforce and NetSuite. Yep, yep, I know, a podcast about CRM and accounting software integration sounds dreadful. But Breadwinner is out talking to customers, to partners, and to technical folks every day about this stuff. Breadwinner are constantly amazed by the business value that's being unleashed in this space. So, we've recorded some of those conversations to share here. Full disclosure, this podcast is brought to you by Breadwinner, who provide products that integrate Salesforce with ERP platforms, accounting systems, and payment providers. But the purpose of this podcast isn't to sell products. If you'd like to know more, head over to breadwinner.com. Otherwise, do just join us for today's conversation. So I'm delighted to be uh, joined today by Moana Sato, who is the Sales Operations Manager at Amp Robotics. Uh, Moana, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me today, Niels. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, I guess the first thing is, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Amp Robotics and your role there, uh, particularly in, in integrating a range of different technologies? Yeah, um, Amp Robotics is a company that creates um, robotics that sorts recycling in the recycling industry and so as you may know a lot of people put all their recyclables in one bin once it goes in to get processed to become valuable commodities um, either humans or machines have to sort it out into the various little containers Uh, our robots are able to use ai and uh, rgb cameras to identify and sort materials so that you know we don't have to make humans go through all of that trash on our behalf uh, my role at AMP is a sales operations manager. I have the, uh, sorry, um, I have the uh, honor of being able to train our, tr- our train our team in regards to how to sell, what we're selling, and what AMP is all about. And because of my history here of being at the company since there were seven people uh, five, six years ago, I'm able to give a lot of information to support our sales team succeed. Excellent. I mean, the, these sales you're making, these, these, these are big robotics, heavy equipment, clever AI. These are, these are big pieces of kit, right? Big pieces, big purchases for customers to make. So it does take a good relationship and good technical information to really convince people to buy into the automation. Excellent. I mean, I guess that 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 was the that that was the thing that was super interested in talking to you about on this podcast is you know sort of what specific challenges you see when you're having to integrate. You know, I assume you have a lot of customer edge technology, Salesforce, and you know, sales process uh, sales processes are held there. What kind of challenges do you see when you're integrating those customer edge technologies with all of your back office systems, your ERP, finance, accounting, all of those kind of things? I imagine that's 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 big challenge territory. Yeah. Well, well, first, you know, we have a little bit of a reputation to maintain with our customers being a technological company, you know, we can't, we can't have slip ups, we, we have to look very professional in regards to using our tech, our apps, our integrations. And so there's a quite a bit of practice that goes into play before we actually reveal ourselves to our customers and slip up in front of them. Um, but yeah, um, Fortunately for us, our customer base is still warming up to the new age of apps and integrations. And so a lot of our integrations are actually bringing in the information from customers, but very internally used. Uh, We've only started beginning to use 
you know, um, DocuSign and other kind of legal documentation apps so that we're able to optimize and scale our small team. Excellent. I mean, you, know, you and I had spoken before and you were telling me about, you know, what good looks like when you're uh, thinking about how to integrate these kind of systems of innovation. There's things around on the customer edge, uh, you know, selling to customers and your back office uh, tools. What, what, what kind of things uh, do you need to do internally to make those integrations work and, uh, and function as they're operationalized within the organization? Well, you can make your integrations as complicated as possible, but at the end of the day, it has to be used and used by all sorts of people with different levels of technological understanding. And so the bigger challenges that we do face is, you know, keeping our training documents in order, ensuring that we're able to make bug reports and kind of act on that immediately so that we're not holding up any day-to-day activities. Um, recently, I actually started a new app integration with that legal documentation, and we continue to kind of fall into like an uh, approval loop, if you know what I mean, of like, oh my goodness, we've put too many people into the loop, and now we're just waiting for people to push buttons. And so it's been, it's been an adventure. Um, and, uh, you know, this, I don't think anybody has this as a full-time job. This is always something that we're we start off trying to help out and then we end up, you know, running from day to day, left to right, app to app, trying to just fix things and make things work. So, you know, you got to have a very flexible outlook on it. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, it's fascinating that you, you raised that. I mean, one, this notion of flexibility. And secondly, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time talking about the technology. And, you know, the technology is only one part of it. I mean, it's people, process, and tech. And the tech is just sort of the enabler. And I was fascinated to, to hear you say that, you know, training documentation and support and, you know, helping people to use the systems and refining the systems so that the integrations meet their needs. You know, that, 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 that really seems to be the, the sort of underlooked area of integration technology. Oh, my goodness. And then, yeah, we haven't even started on the automations that you can put into place, you know. Um, you can't automate things that you don't do in general. And if you don't do it often enough, if you automate it, you're just complicating it. And so, you know, there's a fine balance between over integration and over automation and um, manually moving one file from one place to the other. So we're constantly working with that. And, and you also forget that the all of these app companies are actually a company of their own filled with a whole new team behind them they're coming out with features on a regular basis. And so one default setting may change from one week to the next. And then that could really slip you up when you're changing things around as well. So it's quite a domino effect. Um, It's a good thing that most of our apps for AMP specifically that customers use is in-house. And so we're able to have a lot of control of that. But, you know, the engine and the machine is run by many external third-party apps that you know we rely upon very heavily yeah i mean you, you you mentioned that point that people quite often sort of jump to the to the highest level of automation possible you know what level of automation could this technology could this integration could this uh, could these these pieces of software in my system give me and often i mean we we, we see this all the time people are people are looking 
out to the boundaries of their edge case, they're, they're, they're not thinking about what do I do 90% of the time and how can I just make 90% of what I do uh, simpler. There's, there's, a, there's a quite often a default to jump to what's the outlier of my, my requirements so that I can capture everything I might ever need to do on day one. And often those outlier <laughs> edge cases are, 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 are you know, they're, they're relatively small in business value terms. And the real, the real value is in getting 80, 90% of the things that you do all of the time to be automated rather than the extra 10% of things that, you know, they may benefit from automation, but they also have a downside to the automation. Yeah. I mean, it might be really cool, you know, we're like, oh my God, there's this cool feature that can click this and add this and then turn my toaster on. But, you know, maybe, maybe wait, collect some data. You know, um, I, my old role used to be data management. And so I'm all about collecting data and observing before I'm taking action. And that really helps. You know, if you notice that three team members are doing the same thing 10 times a day, that's when automation is necessary. And that's when you start looking for the app that may resolve that manual issue. Yeah. And what do you, I mean, you're, you're in sales ops now. I mean, what, what do you, what are the big themes in sales ops? What are the, what are the big sort of uh, changes or technical challenges that have, have emerged over the last 12, 12 months? You know, the world's changed radically in the last few years. And what, what you know, what, what impact has that had on sales ops? You know, I think what we noticed the most is that the world is changing. The economy is a little bit shaky right now. And we work with a global network. And so our customers are from many different countries. We're constantly looking at exchange rates, different legal needs. Um, and as much as we want to stick to a template for a contract, every customer has different needs and every country has different, you know, data protection services. And so this, um, this new, this new world of legal work and fine, you know, red red tape red lines is is so complex that if we didn't have a good system set up for sales operations to track our changes track our templates and understand really what's going on with every customer we would need you know four times the amount of team numbers that we have today but because of the tools that we are utilizing and and because some of us have been almost gracious enough to take it on as kind of their pet project, um, we've been able to really scale our two-person legal team to support not only all of the corporate legal work, but also the ongoing sales operations. And do you find yourselves needing to, 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 to combine and, and bind, you know, the data about customers in your CRM with complex uh, uh, legal contracts with with changing exchange rates? Is this the sort of thing that, uh, the, that you're finding yourself having to integrate and, and bind together across your system? Oh, yes. And, you know, it's, well, with the CRMs, that's where you put most of the information. You, you could technically type out the customer name a hundred times across all of your different devices. But if there's a way that you can integrate just that, you know, Every five minutes you save, once you do a hundred, you know, that's almost an hour that you're, you're saving for the team. And that's just for one, one piece of information. And so just having the one database, the ground truth be the CRM and have everything kind of stem and pull that information from there. Um, it not only saves you time, but it also helps kind of drive the sales team to make sure that that data is good. You know, I have to make sure the, I put information in here or else nothing else will work. And so it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy of 
that's the data. We use that. All of the apps use that. And so, you know, we don't have to be the ones nagging to get all that information inputted in there correct. I mean, I guess that, that that's a that's a hidden benefit of any sort of high quality sequence of integrations is that it enforces users to then uh, you know, use trust and deploy the single source of truth because the single source of truth also drives all kinds of other systems on the landscape. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, typos are no longer an issue if you're only s- sourcing that single source of truth. And so, you know, it's it's you don't want to type it a hundred times. I just need you to type it right the first time, and we will we will all fall behind that. And so, there's a sense of trust, but it's also kind of the understanding of supporting the team that comes behind you. Yeah, perfect. I mean, we've talked about a lot about a lot about the opportunities and about about the changes. But what are the big pitfalls? What are the what are the big gotchas? What are the things out there in the in the world that you think? Oh, if I if I could have run my uh, the last five years of my career again, I'd have I'd have done that thing differently. What's what's the what's the big change you'd make? Oh well, you know, I've I've evolved over the last five years as well. Um, there was a few times that I would make the training documentation as I'm creating the integrations, but. There's all of that debugging and all of that testing that changes so much from where you start that instead of wasting that time in parallel creating the training documentations, I've been able to kind of break things into pieces where you get that first draft done, you test it, you test it with your own email, you know, you're the customer, you test it. Um, and then once you find some of those issues and start working with the team members to optimize all of the little little nits and picks here and there. That's when, you know, when you're able to not make a change after 10 uses of that new tool and new integration, I've learned that that's when you make the training document. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just chasing a moving train and and you're thinking, why am I so tired? And it's because you're you're juggling so much and no one's going to use that training document until it's stabilized anyway. So Get to the stabilization first. <laughs> Save yourself. <laughs> so that, 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 that's, a, that's a very good point, especially when you're, you're integrating multiple systems and you've got changes being made in either end of the systems and in the integration platform. Uh, there, there's, there's more than one area where change can impact how, how users or even systems or processes uh, pick up on that. So you know, those changes can be quite fundamental. Do you, do, you lock, do you lock down at the end of UAT or uh, do you have a formal UAT uh, process where you, you have user acceptance testing and then, then start the documentation? Yeah, we do. We do some small, like small internal team user acceptance testing. Um, you know, when it is very tricky though, because every user has their own specific requests that will happen. And so you kind of have to use a democratic approach as well of, you know, oh, well, let's get that 95% done first. And then we'll start working on the outliers to make your specific use case work. And, you know, you have to be you have to be a very good ambassador across many different teams so that you're able to kind of listen to everybody's needs and kind of get that all into one thing. Um, the, I recently created a workflow that works for our operations team, our HR team, and our sales operations team. And that took, you know, nearly a year to really understand the needs, the use, the privacy issues and, all of that. So it's been, it's been a good experience. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't reach out into this company thinking I'd become the guru of app integration, but you know, it's, it's an excellent second side gig. 
it's 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 funny the places life takes you um i guess just finally to wrap up i mean what, what are your what, what's your big prediction what do you, what do you think the big themes are going to be in in sales op and sales ops and sales ops technology uh, over the next few years you, you talked about increasing complexity in in contracts and and currencies and things any any big themes you see coming up well you know maybe it's just because i'm in the robotics and ai industry but Chat GPT is coming out. The utilization of generative AI is rising all over the place, even just for the consumer world. And so I can only imagine that it's only a matter of time before some of these generative AIs are utilized in some of these apps and, you know, autofill and filling out actually long descriptive paragraphs are going to be within our reach. And so I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm nervous of the different features and new things that will pop up with it. But I, I'd like to think that it's only going to help, you know, scale and make our jobs easier. So going to continue to keep that student hat on and be willing to learn new tricks. Well, thank you so much, uh, Moana, for joining us today. Uh, once again, uh, that was Moana Sato, who is the uh, Sales Operations Manager at Amp Robotics. Moana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for your time today, Niels.